When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Unbetween podcast. We're still doing this thing, huh? How about that? We are really excited for this episode because we had a chance to talk to Jason Truby, who was one of the founding members of the band Living Sacrifice and then served as P.O.D.'s guitarist for a number of years. You may have heard him on their single Sleeping Awake that got featured on the Matrix soundtrack. And then he also played on the albums Payable on Death and Testify, which were some of their uh, biggest albums, actually. They were doing quite a bit around that period, and he was a big part of that. But then also has done a lot of solo and fingerstyle uh, guitar albums since then, and is just a really insightful, uh, deep, thoughtful guy, but then also very personable with a great sense of humor. We really enjoy talking to him. And we couldn't fit the whole conversation into one episode, so we do intend to have a part two coming. But for now, let us get into our conversation with Jason Truby. Well, man, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. I know you have plenty going on, and uh, no, you don't have to say yes to these kinds of things. So, thank you. We appreciate. I'm it. happy to do it. Anytime we get to talk about creativity and and faith, I'll work it in. Yeah. Well, do you? Um, before we get going, do you have any questions for us or anything you'd like to know? Uh, no, man. I mean, not for during the podcast, but to just ask you a little bit about why you guys do what you do and, and that kind of stuff. But we can, we can hit that after the fact if you want. Okay. Either way, I can get into it now. It might be a good segue. Yeah. If you want, if you yeah. want, yeah, just to, to, to hear a little about like what, what you guys, why you do this sure. and what made you want to do it and kind of your goals and stuff. Yeah. Who's interviewing whom? That's yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's the meaning of life, Taylor? No. Um, but How other than also, have? Like, yeah, like also the the angle of like like what what kind of music you guys are into and that that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, the the podcast started, and, and does the world really need another one? Was kind of the question that we had. But <laughs> the reality was or is that um, so many conversations about faith, particularly, get so polarized so quickly and get oh, yeah. very very tribal in the negative sense very quickly. And that there is a very strong pull to one quote side or the other, no matter what your particular theological background or denomination or or, or may be. And w- we found that we we derive so much value from folks who are able to kind of see past the talking points to the issues behind them, and we're willing to sit in the tension of well, like, well, let's actually explore what this means, and let's ask the hard questions that our quote tribe doesn't want to have to deal with, and yeah. and that we we just. We didn't think enough of those conversations were happening, and we were just so we're always so encouraged when we can connect to people living in the tension, if I can put it that way. That we thought, well, if we can add a little bit of that to the public sphere, then maybe that will be an encouragement to other people. So that's the general kind of thought behind why we started doing it. And we, as far as the kind of music and artistic side, and Ryan jump in at any point, but we we're both musicians. We played in bands, we wrote songs, produced music. Um, Right. And we're both kind of in our mid-30s, so experienced when uh, p- uh, music made by people of faith started to get mainstream traction and acceptance even, and there were all these conversations about, well, so what kind of art is okay for Christians to make or consume and all that kind of... It was a very formative experience and mm-hmm. very closely tied to how we express our faith, I think. And so kind of in this season, we've been trying to talk to and about or two people who who are in those spaces doing those things, and then also how it's affected us if it's just the two of us talking. Ryan, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. I mean, we had a couple of conversations early on, even talking through, but because of the polarization on each side, how easy it is to think you know someone because of the few things that, that they may scream or shout about, right? Or the things that are important to them and, and just yeah. trying to dig deeper uh, and find whatever that commonality is so you can even have a conversation. And so that's even where the name Unbetween kind of kind of came from and just trying to find those those areas where there's commonality and you can actually sit down and have a cup of coffee with someone or talk instead of just screaming. Yeah, I, man, I love it, guys. You know, in a day and age where um, it's it's not popular to be able to disagree with someone and still be friends, you know, yeah. in Christianity or otherwise, 
or heaven forbid politically. Um, yeah, I think there's a great need for that. So keep going after it. And man, I'll be really transparent with you guys as we get into the questions you have for me. You know, I probably know less now than I've ever known in my life, but I'm closer to the Lord than I've ever been. Mm. And, and, um, you know, and I'll unpack that for you more, what I mean by that. But, you know, it's okay as, as a believer, I'm sure you guys had a lot of this come up if you've been doing interviews about it. Um, when we get to a point where we can say, you know, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. Like there are some, I don't knows. You don't, you don't arrive at the completion of faith. It's intellectually or spiritually. I I just don't, I haven't experienced that, Hmm. but much like music is such a, such a parallel, by the way, you guys are musicians. Like it mirrors our faith, like the musical journey Mm -hmm. as a, as a player, as an artist, um, and, and then as a believer, um, I've never arrived and I dig into it, immerse myself in it. And, and then there's these, I don't knows where faith takes over. And, you know, the thing about faith and much like music, you have to release some control. And I think that's probably what causes the tension you guys are talking about. Like when, when I want you to see it my way, and this is my answer for that unknown answer. And, and, and then they, you know, want to sit and debate about things when it's like, man, do you, if you know the Lord, just sit in it. And and the unexpected is a beautiful, cool part of it. We've talked about the fact that that tension exists in Scripture even. One of my favorite books in the Old Testament is Habakkuk, or however you're supposed to say that, because it's about the prophet of God. He's the guy who's supposed to speak for God. And the whole of it is him going, what? You said yeah. this, but it's not happening. And then God says, okay, I'll tell you, but you're not going to get it. And he tells him, and Habakkuk is like, you're right, I don't get it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll be quiet. And, and and that it's it's not as though these kinds of this kind of tension is is foreign to the human experience. It's it's always been there, and it's always yeah. been a a part of the life of the people of God. And so why not why not be ready for that, and why not embrace it? Yeah, and what a cast of characters that that cool. we're standing on the shoulders of. Yeah, like there's so much failure, and and redemption and usage even though it was broken and mm-hmm. um yeah but, but but that's what makes scripture so awesome is like we, we've got people we can connect to who's like man that guy went the opposite direction deliberately <laughs> yeah. and was afraid and yeah and, and then we go oh wait a minute so so maybe maybe there's nothing wrong with me that's different than what's wrong with everybody else and that's why we need our faith um but i love it man that so uh thumbs up for me buds cool <laughs> and just kind of a final note on that, we picked the name Unbetween because there's, there's of course, two sides to everything, or eight sides, as the case may be. And w- something else that we saw is that you have folks who see, okay, there's this tribe over here and this tribe over here, and they're pulling. But a lot of folks just kind of check out. So they say, well, I don't want to deal with this, so I'm just, yeah. I'm out. And that's not, uh, that's not a good option either. And so it, it's to say, well, I'm not going to go over here and I'm not going to go over there and I'm not going to disengage. I'm going to I'm going to live in the tension and know that that's where I'm supposed to be. So, that's yeah, that's great. Part. I mean, it's like the parts of the body stuff, right? It's, mm. um, you know, the knees questioning what the elbow is doing <laughs> and wondering why its parts not as important, thinks the elbow's wrong. And the, but but you're right. There is. In my world, there's a lot of people that are, are, are done and kind of use the cloak of, well, the institution and I'm done with it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to, you know, sit online and absorb intellectual Christianity doctrine and they sit and gorge themselves, but they're not a part of a community mm-hmm. and they're not a part of like, and, and it even affects their nuclear family. And, and we're not meant for that. Like, it's kind of like a note. It is meant to be a part of a symphony, period. Like, so, and and that's just the way it goes. Um, But, you know, one thing that's cool about that, fellas, is that the Lord is, he's not shocked by this story about (laughs) us. And he's not nervous or anxious about it. And he is the resolution to it. And his truth is, and and not to start to be overtly spiritual. I don't want to do that to act like I'm better than I am. But I really mean this. Like, yeah. He's after us because he loves us. And there's a place that he knows if he can get us to, everything that we're conflicted about disappears. 
Yeah. Hmm. And, and he's trying to get us there. And when we get in solitude like that, where we do wash our hands and like, oh, they're kooky. I don't want anything to do with that. And they just want my money and they're just building their new building and it's Americanized Christianity. I'm going to stay away. And they get into that phase. Um, normally, behaviors follow that. And, yeah, and then, and then yeah. they tend to, to slowly, and before you know it, they're questioning their faith. Or like mm-hmm. I said, they become, you know, this uh, intellectual regurgitation of Christianity, but, but their life doesn't have any fruit in it. And that's not a judgment. That's something I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, right. And and so there is a big need for this, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not patting you on the back because we're doing this today, but but it needs to be every day part of our life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we we meet someone out where we, we're grabbing coffee, see someone we know, they sit down and talk, and then all of a sudden it unfolds, and you can meet them where they're at and love them. And um, so, yeah, I'm with you. Big time. This is as much for Ryan and I as it is for anybody who might listen to it, honestly. Right. Yeah. Because isn't we, every conversation, right? Yeah. Isn't it like it's it's edifying each other, challenging each other? And um but man, that's where the two or more together part is so powerful because because he, he wants to talk to us. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to hear because there's so much racket. The world's really loud. My mind is really loud. And, and then the world around me is really loud. So sometimes getting in these quiet moments um, can be really cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought as you were talking, you know, one of the things we've talked about early on is even kind of the new trend of, and I say new, over the past few years, this kind of deconstruction and what that looks like or means. And, and, and as you were talking, I thought about, you know, a lot of times that's not even because people are seeking what God's trying to, to reveal to them. It's more of, this is what I want to be true. So I'm going to pursue everything that makes that right. And exactly. Yeah. You're right on Ryan. And, and, you know, um, there's one Holy spirit hmm. and I don't think it's going to give somebody a personal different message than it's going to give his entire body. Um, although it's very personal and he meets us where we are. Um, you know, you know where I land when it gets into the, the, and I was a questioning kid, by the way, big time. I wrestled with the, the, the tough doctrinal questions as a child, and I never got the, the answers. So it led me on a really interesting journey personally, like the origin of evil. That's a huge topic. Yeah. But um, where I land now is, is do you know him? Hmm. Have you invited him in to be Lord of your life? Regardless if you fully understand that, have you met him? And if you have, then that's going to be the answer to anything we have a conflict about, period. <laughs> and, and it often goes against my will because he's crap pushing me into his and I've wrestled that man. And, and then, but he's loving me into it. It's just like our kids. If you guys have kids, yeah, you know, do. it's that, that nature's there and it's like, don't eat the cookies, man. You know, I told you, you're going to get sick because I don't want you to get a belly. Don't eat them. But I want them. I know. But there's a greater good. Yeah. And that's how he he loves us in that. And, um, you know, I just think there's something powerful about letting someone be wrong and still loving them, even if I disagree with them, and also remaining teachable because I don't have it all figured out. And, And you might have a perspective of truth that the Lord showed you through a lens that that might change my perspective on something intellectually and i need to be open to that you know what i mean yeah oh certainly Mm -hmm. i mean ryan and i have enough overlap that we we have a lot of similar interests but then there's a lot of stuff that we're we're different and even some of the stuff we we believe is different and there's not friction but sometimes those things bounce off each other but i mean the reality is like i know that dude has my back and i know i can call him whenever I need anything and I don't have to question it. And I hope he feels this or understands it going the other way. And yeah, that, yeah. that, as you say, is, is far stronger than any, like this point of theology that we may or may not agree on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like if the, if the, the main pillars of Christianity, like going way back, even to like the liturgy and like, Hey, Christ born of a virgin died, resurrected mm-hmm. son of, of, of God of heaven. You got that? Then the other stuff in the, the outside, you know, and you guys know there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah, we won't even get into any of that. But, but it's like, do you believe, do you believe that core? 
for real. And, and, and if you do, well, we're on the same page. And I think that's important to remember when you are approaching like a quote tribal orbit that, that isn't yours and that, that, that's the common ground that people may or may not want to find or admit because folks can get hung up on, well, are you, do you believe this? If you do, I want nothing to do with you. Or yeah. do you not believe this? Yeah. And the, the way you just summed it up is like, well, it's not that that stuff doesn't matter, but it's not the thing, it's not the most, the thing that matters the most. So maybe let's start there. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing. And I don't want to get into politics at all. However, in the, <laughs> with the season we've gone through, yeah, I've seen friendships torn apart because how in the world could you vote that way? Yeah. And and it's like, what? Like, uh, you do whatever you were compelled to do. That's not my business. Mm-hmm. Do you know Jesus? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and man, I need him. And, and this is a cool part of it. And, and that we can, you know, the just and the unjust walk side by side. And, and I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think when you, when you truly encounter and you get a seat at the table and you meet God, and you're overwhelmed by that and it begins to change things in your life and you, you're seeking him. I don't think it puts us in a lofty place if it really happens, I think it puts us in a really, oh my gosh, I don't deserve any of this. Hmm. And he's loving mm-hmm. me and changing me. And it, and, and you can see that in people, that a percentage of that, not in a judgment way, but in like, you know, really quick, is this person coming from a lofty place or are they coming from a, a humble place to learn um, and serve? Because that's what Jesus's model was. <clears throat> and again, not to be preachy, I don't want this to come off preachy at all for your for listeners, but that's a, a core element of my life, and which leads to the expression in art, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But, yes. but that's really it. It's like, man, I realized my, like, how much I'm loved and how much I shouldn't have been loved. Hmm. And, and then, so I approach any conversation with that perspective. That's very powerful. Yeah, it changed me. Yeah. It's it's the uh, it's the uh, how was it C.S. Lewis put it you're um, you were born of the Lord Adam and the Lady Eve and that is enough to lift the head of the lowliest beggar and bow the knee of the greatest emperor the great Lewis man yeah absolutely <laughs> he knew a thing or two <laughs> where's the Lewises of our day man come on <laughs> um, but yeah man what 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 a, what a, again what shoulders we get to stand on Lewis's shoulders mm-hmm. um, man you it, that's really it and and and. You know, if you've been in Christendom long enough, you know, everybody knows the things to say, yeah. right? Yes. But then when, when you get it into that, where it's like, man, my gosh, like God looked at me, looked at the core of me and didn't blink and loved me anyway. And then I get to live the rest of my life on this side of heaven in that reality. Mm. How, how dare I? make any other human feel less than they really are. Yeah. It, 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 you know what I mean? It should change things. It, it should. And, and then that's really personal. It's like, it's got to start with the individual. Um, and then how they treat their family and how they treat their children and their friends, and their neighbors, their community, their nation and their world. And, and it's hard, like wrap it up in an easy package. Like that's the wrestle. It's like, I've got my will and my perspective and I'm trying to line it up with God's will and his perspective. And that battle, man, the, the battle for the soul is a terrible fight. Yeah. yeah we. I, I found often it means my will has to go in order does, to line it, up with his, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it does. It does yeah. because we all have that stuff and we all have yeah. it. At the highest level, C.S. Lewis, if he was here, would be the first to say, yeah, Paul, I'm a wretch. Yeah. And, um, but then the, then you get into it and you immerse and it's like, man, how can I not want to do what my Lord is compelling me to do? And then, and then your other side shows up and it's like, yeah, but you're tired and you want what you, and you're hungry and you're, yeah, and you've deserved, you know, it's always there. It's like, come on, man. It's, but but then it's beautiful when it falls into place and he, and he always utilizes it. Even when we put our will in a little bit, which we do from time to time. And something, something that I'm, having to learn and and live in, in this season of my life is is the thing of like, if you, if you love people well, they love you back. 
And so those things that you hope for, even some of the things, quote, selfishly, or the things that bring you joy that you don't have time for, you know, when you when you say yes to the thing he's asking you to do, that stuff, he has a wonderful way of, br- of bringing that stuff back around in exactly. via the people that care for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he does. You know, um, in my personal journey, um, me, I've been married for quite a while, 28 years, um, and married way up, but we, <laughs> we went through really challenging time and, and, um, uh, end, ended up n- not being able to have biological children. My wife had severe endometriosis, really painful. And then all of our friends are having children and we're like, ah, oh, man. And, and it was tough. And then, you know, I tell people the Lord wrecked my life four times because we adopted four children over the last 28 years. <laughs> but one of the things that, that is so cool is like using something broken and then here's these things and you pour your life into these kids and then they become adults, you know, and mine are almost there, some of them. <clears throat> and then the return in that uh, far outweighed the mm. pain in going through it to get it. And it was mm-hmm. challenging. And, it, and, and again, there's a, a thing in life that um, exactly what you said happens. It's like, okay, there's going to be a sacrifice and a pain on the front end. And it's not fair. And it's mm-hmm. going to be tough. And then on, the, on the, the back end, a massive relationship, massive relationship. And a lot life has changed and my life has changed and then that that echoes out through all eternity and it happens on small relationship levels and you, you're that's so right and then they'll be there for me and i'll be there for them and then if we think about the family of god in the same way like it's pretty powerful because we're setting up you know to be together forever right mm-hmm. might as well get and, into practice <laughs> yeah and and whatever that looks like i don't know what that's going to look like i know it's going to be amazing but uh-huh. I, I but but he's setting it up nonetheless yeah yeah it's interesting um like you, you mentioned standing on other folks shoulders it uh one of the reasons that we wanted to talk to you is that you um i mentioned in the first part of the conversation that for us music was a big part of our um What's the uncliched way to say faith journey? <laughs> like uh, the, my my faith started to become. Yeah, there we go. That see that's better. Um, my faith started to become real for me or to me, and I know this is partially Ryan's story as well. Kind of like late teens, early twenties, mm-hmm. and music was a big part of that. And asking questions of the church and about and of Christianity and. Uh, having having my mind to some degree formed by this by the music that I was listening to. Oh, I didn't know Christians made music like this. This is really cool, and I didn't know you could write a song about these things. And so the, those for for many years were all kind of tied up together. And you you can't you can't just camp out in that one spot and make that the whole of everything. But it was a really uh, in, integral part of it. And I remember, uh, and POD was a big part of that for me. Cool. In in the sense that like the, this was, these guys are making pretty raw music, um, in terms of what I was used to, both lyrically and musically, and they are in spaces that the the Christianity that I grew up with had said it was not okay for Christians to be in. Yeah, and, and so and that kind of, I mean, they were other than DC Talk, one of the first big quote crossover artists where folks who were who were not Christian would be like, these guys are all right, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I I know that you started out in Living Sacrifice uh, yep. years ago, which which also had a similar thing on a different scale in that being one of the first uh, like really heavy bands comprised of people of faith or started by people of faith. So we just, um, a lot of the folks we've been talking to, uh, Josh Porter from Showbread, um, we're, we're actually talking to him again on, on Monday, um, a gentleman named Andy Ziff, he, he was in a band with some of the Stave Saker guys. Um, we talked to Nao Glover, who's the editor of HM Magazine now, mm-hmm. and a couple other folks we've re- reached out to, but they, they're kind of, they're kind of in the in-between space, or have mm-hmm. been there, and... I, I was just kind of curious, and, and Ryan, jump, jump in 
about your thoughts, but I was kind of curious to hear about how you kind of made sense of that, that in-betweenness, if I can put it that way, you know, living sacrifice. I only saw once at the TNT powerhouse in Bryant, if you remember nice. that. Yeah. Uh, but, but then also, you know, a lot of times they had to bands like that had to play in the bars because they weren't welcome, welcome in the churches. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So that we, was just, there was a, that was a huge moment that went on for however many years. So that, that's kind of what we wanted to pick your brain about a little bit, if we could. Yeah, of course. So, so I'm going to kind of go a little bit further back at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the things and you can imagine, like through that whole journey, because Living Sacrifice was about 10 years and we did play with hideous bands on tours <laughs> and then we play, you know, a, a Christian youth thing and then we'd be in a bar. And then like, so we were back and forth. And then at P, in the POD stage, it was even stronger, even yeah. though we were on it, Atlantic Records. It was, you know, we're playing really big tours and then um you know, you've got a whole group of youth group kids show up at the meet and greet and then, and, you know, we're asked to play a Billy Graham crusade, but then we're playing the WWE event or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was wild. <laughs> but, but so to go back to think like the thing that, uh, that came up a lot in, in all of the interviews over those years, um, uh, about, you know, how to, first of all, their angle might've been, you know, a little more ugly because they're like well what's a choir boy doing you know trying to play yeah so you knew that guy was trying to find holes in you and, he, and you know like, all right dude and then you had other people from from a different angle so that's why i want to go back to the beginning um the the profession of of creating art whether it's visual media or or music or even a writer um i think it's pretty important to know well, first of all, a song can't be Christian or not Christian. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I know, like, I know how, right, we're going right into the tension because here it comes. Mm-hmm. But, but he, <laughs> the Lord didn't die for chord progressions. He died <laughs> for people. Yeah. Right? right. He did. And, and I understand the angle because it has been so segregated. But, but so I'm a musician for a living. That's what I do. And, cr- you know, seeking excellence in that and, and then loving the, the um, institution of music and studying it, that's God's creation. And, and my personal journey, that really is one of the reasons I conceded to deity originally. I won't get into all that, but it was the patterns that I saw were, were incredibly parallel to the Bible, the seven modes mm-hmm. of music, the seven days of creation, the seven light, mm-hmm. you know, colors in the light spectrum and this pattern. And then it all pointed to like this had to be a designer. And that was really personal to me. So the idea that, you know, if I was a uh, a plumber and someone judges my work based on how much faith I professed at the time I was doing their plumbing, you know, that, that used to really irritate me. It's like, well, what about my, let's talk about my work. Yeah. And then you want to talk about the faith, we'll talk about the faith. <clears throat> that being said, as a believer, it's going to be woven in and through everything we create and everything we do. And, and then you're on a platform where you're professing this stuff at a high level. So I needed to make that backdrop mm-hmm. pretty clear yeah. on my thinking going into all that. Then all of a sudden you've got this group that says, well, you know, you, you can't play music that's heavy. But it's like in the old days when the tritone, like they thought it was evil. Right? So like, <laughs> yeah. well, you, like that, that church came against that, can't do that. Um, as if a, a note could be evil. Right. Um, so if somebody wrote a poem and it was a beautiful poem about the sunset and how much they love someone and uh, it happened to be a believer, but it didn't mention deity, you know, where do you put that poem? Um, yeah. So I think that the, the main problem is the, the need for all of us to categorize what something is. Right. And so this will be in the gospel section of the music store. Yeah. Because it mentioned Christianity. This will be in the religious section because it mentioned Buddhism or whatever. Um, so I kind of, you like, we accept that people are going to do that. And then you kind of throw all that off the table, even though we just went through it all. You're like, none of that matters. Um, what matters is, um, am I personally obedient in the moment uh, as a musician to the laws of music theory, to myself and creativity and to the Lord? in what he wants me to present in it. 
Um, and then what, what was it for? Like, was I specifically writing this so that I could, you know, have cheerleading Christianity? Sorry for, for the, like, is it, it was that oh, my man. motive behind it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Or, well, was I chasing a genre and then I'm just doing the Diet Coke version of it and, and it gets on in the Christian stores? Daggum, man. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, I know I'm hitting it hard, but, but it's tough. Right, though. Yeah. And then, it, then it's like, oh, well, where's the, in, the integrity in, in like any song, okay? Any song that's ever created, and I say this with a lot of my students, like, listen, is it honest? regardless of the subject matter and regardless if it was personal to you or not, are you writing honestly? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and then the listener picks up on that. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll know really quick. And then, and then, so if you're honest in that moment of creating it and, and it's like, yeah, I have my taste, I have my slant. Um, and, and if somebody came in and we're going to write a jazz song, then I know that's the content we're writing jazz and I need to be affluent in that. And I need to play like I'm playing for the Lord even if it's not going to be played in a church. And then if someone comes in and says, well, I have this song and it's specifically about Jesus and, and about my faith, then I need to be aware of that content and the structure of it and the purpose of it and be honest about it. <clears throat> and then as it goes out into the world, you know, how they take it or don't take it at that point is out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It shouldn't even really matter. Um, although we want to eat like so so the other part of it is okay this is something i do for a living and so i have to feed my family um but if you're if you do the first part of that right and this is just my opinion you do the first part of that right the other stuff will happen and and it won't be perfect and that's okay but you know when you finish a tune that's like man that was it that was that was really cool i really dig that and and it happened to be you know folky finger style whatever then great and all the heavy fans aren't going to like it. That's okay. Hmm. And then it, it's about faith. So the people that don't like faith aren't going to like it. The people that faith do. Um, but it doesn't matter at that point. You put the bread on the water and move on. Um, hmm. So that, that's kind of like the, 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 that in a nutshell. But then on the personal side of it, there's this growth that happens as a musician, um, an awareness that happens, and, and the beauty of music, like the importance of melody, for example, like how important that is because that's what people connect to and know that I'm here to serve people and give them all that I possibly can in it. So they leave with something, not just so that they'll download the song, but because man, this meant like this was painstaking and really cool and landed in a spot and I spent time with it. I didn't just try to quickly tickle their ear and move on, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and then you get into all the other parameters of that, which are personal taste and, um, you know, and, and then you get up on a stage, like when we were young and living sacrifice, screaming, you know, yelling Jesus at the top of your lungs, you, you you've already, you've already made a pretty big divide there where it's like people are either <laughs> going to hate it or love it. Yeah. And you get people's attention <clears throat> and we were zealous by the way, back then and in, in, in a really cool, innocent way. Yeah. Um, and then you get in more of a, of a business format that we were with, you have this huge label that it has expectations and you have a fan base it is and then i i joined a band that already had a style so i had to really work hard to morph to what they already had mm-hmm. inject my personal opinions about like content and um that was a juggling act yeah. and then but if you go into that knowing okay no matter what i do here there's going to be some people that are are, are going to be against it because i didn't say you know the pillars of christianity in the song enough <laughs> or you're going to have people that say, you know, you shouldn't have said it at all. I'll give you a great example, and then, and then I want you guys to follow up. I did an album right after I left POD called Entropy. It was the first kind of like, it's more like, I don't like the word progressive, but it was, it was a progressive rock album stylistically. <clears throat> and so I sent it to uh, a pretty big major label, and this was their response to it. And I didn't know whether it was an insult or what, but they sent it back and said, well, well it was really good. Um, I was like, oh, great. Uh, <laughs> and then they said, uh, but it's too cerebral for the Christian market, and it's too faith for the secular market. We can't, hmm. we, can't, we can't carry it. And so at first I was like, dude, 
Well, at least they listen to it. But <laughs> but that said something to me about the way people perceive perceive the art. Like like can like we music is metaphor and we're metaphors in motion and it's God's story. And when we're when we're creative, that's his nature. He created yeah. everything. That's his mm -hmm. nature. And so we're in that and it's like so it's uh, it's great to push and use metaphor and be creative um not in a narcissistic sense of of hey this is my great creation but in the, like man I, he's letting me see things and there is a metaphor there that's really cool and it might help people think about their faith mm. <clears throat> um i think believers that are creating art need to push more into that again not so much about themselves but but in that i'm a, i'm going to get into the nature of my creator and he created with metaphor and he's telling his story in everything we see. And and he's telling his story through my life, through nature, through all of it. And, and it's not as simple as just the quick, you know, Hosanna in the highest, even though that's mm -hmm. powerful and mm -hmm. important. Um, and then he may be giving to that to you as you create something because he has a specific group that he wants to talk to and we don't even know it. Hmm. And and then other times, it might be point blank, um, and I, and I've written some that very much are that simply like the profession of my faith in music. Period. It was this was who Jesus was. This is what he did, and this is this is how it affected me. Other times, it's you know wrapping up a a, a story of the struggle in my life, and and knowing that that struggle might not be specific your struggle. So I need to use metaphor on what that turmoil would be mm -hmm. and then capturing that musically. Um, yeah. It, it's harder than people think, by the way. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I think it's interesting, even that word, because we've, we've talked on other episodes uh, and, and I don't know, I probably could have framed this more eloquently, but I think sometimes as Christians, we get lazy and we don't want to think. Oh yeah. We just kind of want to let it be. And, and even to the point, you know, we talked a little about theology earlier. There's a, a vast number of people who don't even want to want to study the nature of God because they their their view is, well, I'm going to get too wrapped up in that and not do what I should be. And now, whether that's a, a cop out or not, but but I think we're supposed to seek more and and to explore what God's nature is and let that shape what we do. Yeah, man, because he he created our brain and he made us in his mm -hmm. image, and that's I know this is a little weird, but I mean that's where we reside. And yeah. so the, our, our brain is where our mind lives, where our spirit lives, and, and that's how it connects us to this whole reality we're in. And that can be like kind of kooky sounded. But that's and, – and, and yeah, he's, he's talking constantly, yeah. all the time, all around us. And I think it's our ability to put that lens on and go, okay, what are you trying to show me here? Mm -hmm. Again, it's so much like music. It's like, okay, well, I, 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 got, I got my block open chords and I'm good. Oh man! Well, there's yeah. a like a, a limitless amount of progressions and emotion, and and work. There's like okay, well, I got to work on. I gotta, I'm going to put a seven and a nine in a chord, and that's going to be a little harder. And then I'm going to work that in, and I'm thinking about it again, not for my own intellectual stimulation, but right. but because man, he made this. This is really cool, and it's going to take work, and it's going to take hours and thousands and thousands of hours, by the way, of playing. Um, but then in that you get this deeper sense of, man, there's not an end to this. This is yeah. really cool. Yeah. And and I don't have to try to swallow the ocean at one time, but he wants us to immerse ourselves in it. Yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> anyway, and then talking to other artists, you know, how to present that without it sounding arrogant or elitist, because, you know, you can go in the deep water. And I normally put it like this, even though it's really childish. Um, you know, us as artists, it's like, okay, so they can't go in the ocean. So we go in the ocean, we get the scuba gear of our hard work and go in, and then we come and share it with them. Hmm. And they may not have the scuba gear because they're not artists. <clears throat> and we don't grab all we can and show them everything we know because we're insecure, which we've all been through that. You know, so I'm going to show them every lick I know and I'm going to yeah. play everything. Um, but then, then this maturity comes in as like, man, I've got the privilege because I've put in this work and I've learned how these cool secret places are that, and then I can bring it back and share it with everybody. And then the young ones that are trying to get in the water too soon, and then I can help them do it. And then all of a sudden somebody takes me that's gone deeper. And the next thing you know, it's like, we're all enjoying the ocean. 
So there's something I noticed um, this week. uh, I've been revisiting a lot of the albums that you've been on. And this morning while I was working, I was listening to Mapping the Invisible, which is your uh, most recent full solo album. Is that right? Up to date, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you go to instrumental guitar music in particular, the you, you can it seems to me there's there's this very obvious feeling on the part of the artist to show you everything he and she he or she can play and it's like yeah and in listening to this album it's not that there wasn't any virtuoso playing on there but it seemed to me that it, it was more about creating an atmosphere and it, it i i almost likened it i i found myself reminded of film scores that i've heard were yeah exactly um, oh i'm glad you listened to it man so it just it illustrates what you just said that at a certain point it stops being important that you need people to know how proficient you are, and exactly. and it's more about serving the song and the song's purpose. Yeah, well, well, if you think that's great, man, and I'm glad you picked up on that. The the idea, maybe even the reason he gave us music, is it's a scalpel to get deeper than words can Mm. or to back words up and put them in a deeper place. That's why film scores are so powerful, but at its core, it is simply emotion and God created those emotions. And there's not just one or two of them. There's, there's these ethereal emotions that we don't have words for. There's grief, which we've been through it. It's like heavy. There's a weight to it. There's bliss. There's joy. There's pain. There's life. There's death. And, and all these emotions, and then here's this language he gave us beyond our verbal language hmm. that can spark that in each other. And, and that's, if, my, if, if that's happening, melodically, particularly, then, then it's like, oh, you know, I don't know how they're going to receive that, but that progression or that melody captured angst or it captured... Mm-hmm. Um, something that we don't even have a word for. And that's its power. And 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 then the, the other really important humble part is we didn't create that it does that. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think any of us create any chord progression. They were all already there. Yeah. So it's like it's like when when he put Adam in the garden, whatever that looked like, he had him organ like he was organizing, putting plants in the right place. Yeah. And that's here's the, the, the garden of the music of our life. And then we're putting the notes in the right place, which takes our practice. You got to work. But then we, we spark that in someone else, which is really, really a humbling, really cool thing. Because the one thing if somebody says, um, oh, I love you. And then if somebody puts it on an instrument at the depth that they're feeling it, it's a whole nother thing. It's one thing to say it, it's another thing to show it. So for, for work, yeah. one of the things I'm obliged to do is make videos. And there's a principle of filmmaking that don't don't say or don't tell, show. Yeah. And you can tell somebody you love them, but that doesn't mean anything until you show them, until you Big do time. something concrete to express it. And a piece of art can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's these, you know, I'm I'm constantly on a melody or chord hunt in my mind, probably more than I should be. <laughs> but but it, I think he wires some of us to feel what we're, what we're experiencing and what other people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so there, if you see something that has this gravity to it, or something is like watching, like watching my youngest get lost in his imagination still, you know, and the sun's blowing behind him and he's just in it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Capturing music for that. Well, I don't even have a word for that, but I know what it is yeah, and I know what it yeah, feels, yeah. I know what it feels like. And then it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to go after that. And, you know, I, it wouldn't be honest if, if I, if I didn't say sometimes I'm doing that because I'm just really want to seek it for me. Like, mm. like the world may never hear it and I'm okay with that. <clears throat> but, but other times, you know, it's like, okay, I'll, let's see how we could, could present that and, and maybe it'll help someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe just make them feel good, or maybe it's just oh, I just enjoyed that. It's like a good meal. They say, oh, you cooked a good meal. That was great, and they move on with their life. That's fine. Um, but that's the beauty of it. It might hit someone and go like, oh my gosh, you took me back to my childhood, and I remembered this, and it was so cool. And but even then, it's like, well, great because that came through me, not from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
there's we've we've talked kind of in this quote series that we're doing that the first mention of God putting the Holy Spirit on or in somebody is in Exodus. I think it's in chapter 31. And it's the this guy named Bezalel whose job it was to create all the beautiful things that went in the tabernacle. And it is not an accident that that is that it happened that way. Like that's very on purpose and I think that 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 and the the kind of the the work of gardening that God gives to Adam and Eve in the first couple of chapters of Genesis, I think those are tied together in that uh, a song or a painting or a film or whatever, you, you don't just stumble across it growing out of the ground. It has to be cultivated. Or even mm-hmm. if you do, it's like, I've got to, if I want this to grow, if I want an orchard of apples instead of an apple tree, then there is careful work of husbandry that must be undertaken in order to see those results. And I think, yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then there's study that know like, well, that plant has to go there. It has, has to have this much sun. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. it has to have this much water. Yeah. I I love, I love it, man. You know, when I was much younger, I, I had a really, like told you guys all these crazy questions, but I was like, well, why didn't Jesus ever create any, like when he was here, did he ever do any art? Hmm. Did he write a song or did he make a painting? And then the answer didn't come through a person, but he was like, you're standing in it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. He created everything. Yeah. He didn't yeah. need to. Like he, he was, was like it, the center of, of mm-hmm. all of it. Um, he was a performance but, artist though, because so much of, and th- this is difficult at times for us to grasp being on the other side of the world, speaking a different language 2000 years later, but so many of the things that he literally staged uh, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the things he was saying and where he was and to whom he was saying them, synthesizing all these different parts of the Torah and the prophets and the writings, the, the folks there saw the what he was performing. Yeah, Absolutely. Think, you you know? know, that's a great point, Taylor, because he understood that audience. He understood the yeah. time he was in. I really wish I knew what he drew in the sand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't we uh, all, man? Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, but but being a, like so fully aware, but then the so service oriented to the moment. What mm-hmm. a message, man! B- because that's that's our model, and and we mess it up, man. That's the thing I want to make sure everybody that listens to this knows. Like, I I don't fully have that figured out yet, but I know I want to like stay close to it as close as I can to it. And the older I get, the more I know. Like, man, I I want the chords in his hands whether it's simple or profound for the moment. And it gets back to like a um, little side note here, but it's because we're kind of on it. Uh, again, rarely do these kind of things, but somebody had asked me to do a, 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 a songwriter seminar for a, a group, like a regional group of, of uh, worship leaders, church worship leaders. And I was like, ah, that's, really not my motif, but okay. <laughs> and I, and so I, I put together this, like, you know, what I thought was like this really good outline and, and kind of music theory stuff and, um, the, the stuff you would expect. And while I was driving there, I was like, it just hit me like, man, that's not what I'm supposed to talk about. Hmm. And so, uh, I go in and this group and the guy I spoke before and it was, it was good, but it was, you know, routine. And so I was like, well, hey, what do you think that the the highest form of worship is? And, you know, a few people answered, but it had hit me hard. I was like, those are good, man. But I said, you know, in going back to the gospel, which is my source, the highest form of worship is obedience Hmm. because I'm not identifying God anymore in any way than, than, than when I do what he tells me to do. And in the moment, if um, I have the capacity to play every C minor seven run and hit every, I, and I can, I don't mean that like, but I've worked, I, mean, I know what that is. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. done it forever. Right. Or every incredible, cool, felonious jazz lick. But I'm in a moment where I need to be obedient to the surroundings and to the, the content of the tune. And it, and it is a simple C that I'm supposed to play. And in that moment, or melodically in that moment, 
but much less in the moments of where I'm talking to people or what he has me do and, and, and being connected to him enough so that I can hear that. And that's hard to hear, by the way. But so, so the obedience in that moment, um, you know, that, that, yeah, we had a really great after talk after we were done because, because they were like, well, well, we want to talk about some of these, these, they call them weird chords. There's no weird chord. There's just harder chords that have cool things in them. But I was like, you know, um, you don't have to put that in every, in every tune, but that, that obedience part, if I'm in the moment and I don't have that spice in the cupboard and I'm supposed to go color it up and I don't know how I need to go and work, you know, get back to the source. And so you have the study of the gospel for your faith. You have the study of your work, in this case, music. For, and so if I'm lazy on that end or that end, it's going to suffer. And, and or if I try to act like I know more about this and I get my, or musically act like I know more and I get myself in a situation there and, and you don't know it, just, it's okay. And, and he's pushing us into obedience, in my opinion. Again, not saying that from a lofty place because I miss it a bunch, but, um, but it's getting a little better every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I even think back to the analogy you used earlier with the scalpel. I mean, sometimes the thing that's going to cut through and wake, wake you up is something just different. You know, I mean, for, for yeah. me, much like Taylor, it was, uh, kind of, uh, the more raw rock that kind of woke me up and helped me realize some of that was, you know, what was being said was so much deeper. Um, but yeah. without the, maybe the screaming or shouting, I don't know if I'd have listened, you know? Yeah. And that, and the, and see, and he used that specifically for you right. and maybe other right. people. And then someone else may like, well, I just needed a really tender, soft, you know, cause, yeah. I, cause they may like polka. Yeah. You know, I have a great example like, oh. of that, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember playing, this was years ago, but I was playing in church and I think I was on bass that day, but uh, we were doing what my dad likes to call boom chick songs. Boom chick, boom chick, boom chick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of some of the old, like, I'll fly away kind of oh, yeah. beat. One, one of those kind of hymns. It wasn't that song, but it was like that. And I looked out and there was a there was an older woman, like gray haired, 60s or 70s, standing up with her hands raised, eyes closed, just gone in the moment. And I was like, I need to remember this. Yeah. Because even if this doesn't speak to me, there are people out there that this is what God used to get their attention. And it would be mm-hmm. uh, really selfish and unkind of me to uh, to look down on the thing on, on the, on the art that God used. And, and that's, it's difficult on the one hand when you're pushing for excellence. Cause I do think there's a lot of quote Christian art or art made by Christians that doesn't, that doesn't cut the mustard if I could put it that way. And that we should be pushing for, for excellence and depth sometimes when we don't. But that said, I, I can't, I can't let that get me to, um, I can't allow myself to write something off when God may be using it because, that's oh, what yeah. he does with me. He doesn't write me off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, and I, I guess I don't mind sharing this story. Um, I had had left POD, and so I was a little displaced. And um, we were we were moving to a different place in, in Arkansas. Um, we had, had uh, just found out that we were going to go to Thailand and adopt. Um, my middle son and you know finances are changing positions changing and I and um, I was you know in a, in a heavy tension place <clears throat> and a woman reached out to me to go says well there's a young man that is in hospice and found out you were in Arkansas I wanted to know if you can go visit him and uh, I'll, I'll kind of shorten this story up a little bit uh, and I was like oh maybe we, I'll be back in February and she's like well we we're hoping you could go tomorrow and I was like what it was like right before Christmas and um, I was like, ah, man. And anyway, some CDs and stuff and a care package. And I was like, all right, I'll go. The lady meets me there and, and she had to leave. And I was like, well, uh, uh, what's wrong with the guy? I don't even know what was wrong with the guy. Anyway, he had Crohn's disease. Uh, he was maybe 28, 29 years old. And I walk in the room and he's, you know, 98 pounds, you know, in a diaper, smelled terrible. His teeth had fallen out from the steroids and I was like, ah, so I kind of just went into my mode and I was like, hey man, I was really cool and, and um kind of made the assumption that that he was a, a believer like we are and uh well that was a bad assumption. I thought because he liked our music. <clears throat> and um 
you know, he was really upset about the life that he had been given. And mm -hmm. as you can imagine. And so I was like, ah, but I, and I just felt this, you know, okay, don't say anything, just be with him. And, and he was into rodeo. I don't know anything about rodeos. And I stayed <laughs> and I was in this room and it was like yucky. And, and I just, I, I stayed, ended up being like two hours and he, I'd kind of feel like I need to say something that I, and I wouldn't. And he said, I can't, I can't believe you're here, man. It's awesome. And that and still nothing. And he had this gunky beat up guitar in the corner and the action was terrible and the strings were, and I was kind of like, I'm a germaphobe. So I was like, uh, but I was like, all right. I was like, Hey man, you know, I'm a musician. Let me play for you. That is that okay? And he's like, Oh yeah, by all means. And I clean the guitar up a little bit and then I, I just start playing <laughs> and I feel nothing by the way, at this point, I'm, just trying to figure everything out. And then I look in the corner of my eye and he's crying. And then I felt like, and I, I held it back because, you know, I was full. I didn't want to overflow, but I didn't want him to think I felt sorry for him, but I felt it. And, and it, well, I didn't play great. The in, like I said, the intonation was terrible and I was just, but something came through that hmm. and it shook me and it shook him. And, uh, and then the, the he, he excused himself and went to the bathroom and then the, the nurse came in and said, well, the visiting hours are up. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, okay. And then he came out and was like, well, hey, I, I got to go, man. But you know what I'm all about. So whether you like it or not, I'm going to pray for you. And he got this huge mm -hmm. smile on his face. And he goes, you were praying for me while you were playing, Jason. And just know oh, that I believe. And I oh. go, oh, I, th that's, I think that's all the father wanted to hear. And I was like shaking when I left. It was like really powerful. But I got like so convicted when I left and and by the way he he died while we were in Thailand and but um that had nothing to do with me <laughs> and and there was things on both ends that were getting cleaned up like it just totally shook me and that moment meant so much more to me than playing in front of 30,000 people mm -hmm. it shook it shook me to my core and like and man it was like like not a voice I didn't hear anything but I, I felt it in my spirit um, the things I want you to do for me are more important than the way they're going to be perceived by anybody else. Trust me. And, and it shook, man, it changed the way that I moved forward from that point on. I don't even know what to say to that, man. You know, I was, uh, I, I saw POD three times and I know that you were playing two out of those three for sure. Oh, cool. Um, one was in Myrtle Beach with uh, Blindside and Hazen Street and Lacuna Coil. I don't know if you yeah. were on that tour. Okay. Yeah, 2005 or so. Yeah, or six, four or five. five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, another was on the Warriors Tour 2 with the Chariot and Maylene and oh, Pillar. That was a little wilder group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. That was a good show. Uh, but the other one, I think this may have been the first time, was at, I think it was All Tell Arena at the time in Little Rock, with Lincoln Park and Story of yeah. the Year and Hoobastown. Yeah, man. That was my homecoming. It was. And the, the reason I bring that up is because um, that I can imagine that was quite a moment because Sonny of P.O.D. made mention of the fact that, that you were from Arkansas and that this was this was a big deal. So I, I was just thinking about, and I, you know, being there and place is full, crowd goes off, all that kind of thing. But that to you, and I'm sure that was a big moment, but that's not the story that you chose to tell us right now. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you understand why. Yeah. And that was, yeah. by the way, that doesn't belittle the other moment. No. Because I think he utilizes all of it. Mm -hmm. But um, the other one hit me a little different. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. And, and, this, and you know what's cool? And I have to say this. There, there were moments that happened. You, you know, you're kind of detached because oh, there's 30,000 people out there. You know, and I'm probably only going to physically meet a hundred of them. Right. Um, so it's really about the music and connection. And the, by the way, there's nothing wrong with entertainment. Like sometimes, no. hey, this is just a cool tune. I'm just going to jam it because it's mm -hmm. fun. Like there's an yeah. old Herbie Hancock tune. Let's jam. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, I don't remember where we were. So sorry. But <laughs> the, the guys would have me do this little, like I, I did a tune called Eternal. It was a, an instrumental tune on the first POD album. Mm -hmm. And I would do a little bit of that live as a segue by myself. Um, and it's, you know, an instrumental guitar piece <clears throat> and, um, 
and, and this is what I, the reason I mentioned this story, because I think it's interesting. I was in the wrong headspace and, you know, just going through the motions, playing, like playing very specifically, playing good, but I didn't feel anything from it. Hmm. And we go backstage and there was a, a few people that came visit and this girl came, or young lady, she was probably in her twenties. Um, and, and she goes, when you were playing that all by yourself, it made me cry. I was like, oh, in a good, you know, I was joking. She said, we're just off the cuff. I was like, well, because it was messed up. You know, she was like, no, I don't know. It's like something hit me. And, and again, I made the same mistake. I was like, well, maybe she's a believer. Maybe there was something. And I go, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe God used it. And she was, oh, I don't believe in God. And I was like, oh, well, maybe he believes in you. <laughs> and, and we just had this really cool moment. But yeah. in my mind, it was like, I didn't feel anything. Huh. It wasn't about me, and he's always teaching us that, right? And yeah. but but something happened there that was really cool, and I I need to I needed to be more focused and pay attention, and that was a cool moment. But the first one I told you about was, you know, just how I, sometimes he uses those things to wake us up to the bigger picture um, that we're a part of, and um, that that story really affected me. I think about it a lot. Uh, and that's why I don't mind sharing it. Um, but that's the power of, you know, I think if I would have got on and just started do, doing a blues jam for that guy, just for fun, I don't think it would have had the same effect. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going to show you I like this cool lick, so you think I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I think I, I, I think I played like an old, old, old um, Keith Green tune <laughs> that he had yeah. never heard before. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because I was trying to think of things and I was just fiddling and playing through it. And, um, but that's the power of it. And being, I think, I think all that we, would be a good way to sum it up is if we're present and available in the moment. And I think we can be present, but not available, or we can be available and not present. And, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he taught me a lot through that. That's great. I mean, even so many of the people that we consider heroes of the faith, that's all it was. It wasn't some, you know, greatness they had. They were just there and, yeah. and you know, listening and not always joyful about it, but God, God used them. Yeah. In big ways. Yeah. And it's, and it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think it's okay. Like as far as musicians and I talk like this, cause you guys are musicians to think that there's never going to be a half step off on accident. <laughs> I mean, and when it happens, it's like, dude, uh, and I'll always try to jazz it up, hit it a couple more times and weave it in <laughs> to try to cover it up. But those are going to happen. Um, but the cool thing is the more we, and it happens in our faith life, but the more we walk it out and the more we do it, the less they happen and the more we know how to react to them when they do. And and it's not our identity. So all of a sudden my identity's because I had an off night, now I'm off. Mm-hmm. Or I wasn't good enough, so I'm not good enough. Or I was really big and I have this hit song, so I'm really big. And man, that's a trap for Christian artists. Man, let me tell you, dude, that is a trap. Your identity cannot be in what you create. Or you're setting yourself up for pride or or, or grief. Um, mm-hmm. But it can be right beside who you are, and it can be excellent and and. And then, and then we can take compliments and, and just say, thank you. I worked really hard on that. I'm glad you liked it. Um, as opposed to leaving with, yeah, in your mind. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm so good. Right. <laughs> because we're not like, yeah. we're not. And, 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 and then you can't compare to, well, this guy's so good. If I could just get that good, hmm. if I could just play like that guy, if I could just write like that guy. Well, that guy's got some other guy that, you know, I, there's session players <laughs> I've come across that are like, nobody will ever know. And they're like ridiculous. And and you just go, wait a minute. It's not about that. Am I being the best that I can be? And, and, and know that the only reason I'm able to do any of it is because he allowed me to be alive. And yeah, it, and, but all this stuff's really hard. It's easy to say. It's really hard to do because <laughs> we wrestle that, like we all have insecurity. We all... You put something out there and someone says it sucks, then it's like, oh, dude, I worked hard on that, you know? But then as you grow along, you're like, yeah, somebody's going to hate it. It's okay, you know? And I have to remind myself, there's a chance it does suck and maybe I should practice more. (laughs) You know what? Being being able to have a player, like, and that's the great thing about teaching because I teach a lot now. 
I learn more than, than the students do because that whole process of like, hey, you can you can gently carry someone into the truth without making them feel like garbage. All right. That's a wrap, at least on part one. As you can tell, we really enjoyed talking with Jason. He had so many, so many insightful and really profound things, I think anyway, to say. And we are looking forward to getting into part two of our conversation with him. In the meantime, we'd love for you to connect with us. We're on social media at Unbetween Podcast or at Unbetween Pod on Twitter. You can shoot us an email at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. We have a few other interviews coming up. We're interviewing Josh Porter about his book that is set to come out within the next week, I believe. So that conversation will be dropping in the next week or two. And if there's anybody you'd like to hear us talk to, just let us know. And as always, thank you for listening.